0: Last episode of the fourth series of Rocket Fuel is here, and it's a good one. We are interviewing Richard Clare now. Rich is the editor of Mega Magazine, and that is a magazine for kind of seven to eleven-year-olds, with a slightly male skew. His world is pranks, his world is slime, his world is video games, and check out our conversation with Rich as we find out his rocket fuel. So Richard Clare, first thing to say is thank you so much for being this week's guest on Rocket Fuel. It's really good to have you.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Good
0: man. Okay, so let's get to know you a bit then, Richard. Let's look into your background. You're currently editor of Mega. You're editor of the preteen titles at Immediate Media. But let's Let's focus on Megan. What's your journey? What's taken you to where you are now?
1: Um, well, uh, I guess I got a history degree from the University of Southampton, then a postgrad diploma in magazine journalism from City University. Um, while I was there, I did work experience on the Daily Telegraph sports desk, that turned into a full time job. Um, while there, I got wind of a new football magazine being launched by the BBC. I interviewed for it and got the gig of helping them launch Match of the Day magazine, um, a youth title aimed at seven to 11-year-olds. So that's how I got into Kids Mags. I worked in Match of the Day for seven years uh, before then moving um, within the company to Mega, by which time Immediate media had bought BBC magazines. Um, And then I was, yeah, firstly a a deputy editor, but then promoted to editor when the position became available. Um, Amazing. Been there for seven years now
0: so seven years is a long time um i'm guessing you're you're managing people as well as being managed how big is your team
1: um the team is there's eight of us um and that but then you know there's the the broader teams that we work with as well like the marketing uh production the buying team um so there's it's it's there's a lot of us and everyone does their job brilliantly to sort of be part of, you know, a cog in this very well-oiled machine.
0: And what do you like as a manager?
1: Um, oh. um, I think I'm super approachable. I don't like <laughs> to be, I don't like to micromanage. I like everyone on my team to know what's expected of them and to then allow them the space to be creative and do their thing. Um, I'm sure I'm sure we've all been micromanaged in the past. And well,
0: my next question was going to be how do you like to be managed?
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't like to be micromanaged. It feels a bit like uh, you know, when you're driving and you've got a police car behind you. Yeah, you know, you go through the motions and you don't you don't do anything with any verve in those situations. Um I would agree. So I I, I sort of I think it shows trust in your team as well. If you allow them the sort of freedom to get on with their job, and if they struggle, you obviously dive in and help, but you need to allow people the, the space to succeed or fail. Um, and on that
0: then, looking at your team, what are the qualities you look for in colleagues and people around you? Is it a is there what is there a commonality between them all, or does everybody offer different things?
1: Um yeah, I, I guess. I love working with people who are enthusiastic, hardworking, optimistic, and personable. I think if you have the right work ethic, your ability can grow. But if you don't have the right work ethic, it doesn't matter how much ability you have, it, it won't be enough. Um, I say optimistic is one of the character traits as well, because I think it's, yeah, no one wants to be around like negative people who are sort of being a bit cynical. And, you know, mm. particularly when you're, you're, you're you're launching new things, coming up with new ideas. You sort of got to yeah. have that enthusiasm and optimism that you know this could this could be the next big thing. Have
0: you ever had a mentor, whether informally or, or formally?
1: Um, I'd have to say no, to be honest. Um, that's not to say I don't get influenced by people. but yeah. I to Take little bits of inspiration from various different people. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I might what? yeah, I might think I like the way someone does XYZ, but then for ABC, I like the Your way looks the other person works. So.
0: Understood. That makes sense. And what's the best piece of advice that you've ever taken? And what's the best piece of advice you've
1: ignored? <laughs> um ooh, tough if question. There is one. Probably best advice I've ever been given is probably something like don't get bored of the content you're producing. Um, cause if you're getting bored of, of doing a feature, then the readers are going to get bored of it too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, always innovate, always look to be moving, always look to, uh, be moving with the times and, and constantly entertaining. Um, I can't think of any advice I've ignored. Okay. That's all right. That's
0: probably a good thing anyway. Um, in terms of the best, uh, the, the way that you manage people and the way that you conduct yourself, what would you say that you're known for when people talk about you and and your work? What would you say that they say that they're, that you're known for? Uh,
1: I'd like to think I'm known for being an efficient, friendly face, running a well-organized mm. team where everyone knows what's expected of them. And I'm lucky that that's resulted in, in good sales figures. Um, no, no, do you know what? I'll tell you what, I'm probably known for being the guy who always wants to get more farts in the magazine, or farts <laughs> from the gifts that we give away <laughs> with the mag. Um, it's <laughs> I think it's become my thing in, in the department. I'm not obsessed with farts, in my defence. I just think kids find it hilarious. Uh, and you've got yeah. to give readers what they want, so...
0: No, <laughs> that that makes sense. And in terms of your role, it's um, I would I can guess at some of the role of what what's involved being editor of Mega, but but how far does it stretch and how much are you a brand guardian? I I know just before we came on air we were talking about you going to the toy fair, for example. So you're yeah. you're you're constantly living in the mind of your reader as well
1: yeah exactly you've got to you've always got to have your your reader at the forefront of your mind um you know everything we do is for them and you can't ever lose sight of that um my role is i primarily oversee content creation for the magazines um but then also for social media channels and yeah any activity that that mega does to get its name put out there i love coming up with ideas um and hearing my team's ideas and, and fine-tuning content to make it just right for the market.
0: And how often should you be innovating? I mean, can you innovate too much? Is it essential that you're changing things all the time? What, 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 where do you look at when, when you're in, in, a, in a safe environment? You know what Mega's going to look like next month, but should you always be innovating?
1: uh i'd say you should be yeah frequently innovating is my my personal opinion um as i say never get bored of it because the, the audience will get bored of it as well uh my team and i critique every magazine issue that we produce um what could we do to make it better next time what works really well what could have gone better it's always good to make time to take a step back and review things um it's so easy to just constantly have your head down and keep churning out work but you sometimes do need to take that step back and analyze what you're doing as well um and that just helps you produce different stuff more exciting stuff and hopefully more innovative stuff
0: So I'm still here with Richard Clare. We're talking about now his role as editor of Mega. First of all, Rich, for the uninitiated, what is Mega? How big is it? How many readers do you have? Because um, it's, it's bigger than some might imagine, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so Mega is a monthly youth title aimed at seven to 11 year olds, read by both boys and girls. It's a compilation title, meaning it covers everything that's popular with that audience. It's been going for about ten years now, and sells about thirty thousand an issue. Um, every issue comes with gifts taped to the mag for for youngsters to play with.
0: I mean, it's, it's it's relatively buoyant, isn't it? Because when people think of magazine sales, people automatically think doom and gloom. But actually, if anything, you're children's magazines generally, but your titles specifically are some of the success stories at the moment. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I think I think a lot of magazines have struggled over the winter months, but Mega's, um, mega's doing well. It's sort of... I, I, I sometimes think, I think parents like to have a, a paper product that they can hand their children and be confident that... One, it's producing screen time. There's, yeah. so there's no issue there. Two, they're, they're comfortable with the confines of that magazine. It's not like handing them a, a tablet and being worrying about where they might go to on the internet. Um, and, you know, we we do try to sort of teach, I guess, a little bit. It sounds like a school. But I, I, if we're getting youngsters reading, you know, it's obviously not Shakespeare, but it's sort of, your magazines are maybe a, a step to then, you know, after magazines, these magazines they go on to books and, and stuff like yeah. that. So, Oh, completely. As a parent, as, as a parent, that point you.
0: As parent of a ten-year-old boy, you're right there in terms of yeah, it's not screen time and it's it's a safe environment as well, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. You've mentioned farts. Um, what else goes <laughs> into a uh, into an edition of Mega? What what are the what's the mix of topics and conversations?
1: So that would be video games. Um, Gaming is huge right now. So Mm. Fortnite, Minecraft and Roblox are the most popular games. Yeah. Superheroes, YouTubers, big movies and and all all the big brands like like Pokemon. Okay. Um, And of course, that changes from month to month. But then you do have quite a few evergreens. Um, Have you
0: discussed Prime yet, just out of interest? My little boy is suddenly obsessed by Prime, the uh, KSI and uh, Paul Drink. Um, I was just wondering whether that had that made the pages of any, of any uh, edition of Mega.
1: I feel like it's coming up. Do you? Well wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so that's something to look forward to. But yeah, it's, it's, it's mad how, how YouTube's such a massive thing now. I mean, you'll know this with your 10-year-old. It's it's definitely. It's huge. And um, Yeah. We just need to reflect that world that they they want to be in.
0: What do you think's changed about journalism for children? Then, I mean, you've already pointed to it with YouTube being huge. But yeah. when you were starting off um, with Mega, what what's changed to to make to, to the makeup of Mega now? I suppose.
1: Do you know what? Uh, I'd say um, there's a lot more responsibility now, and and rightly so. Uh, the most recent change is that magazines can't be accompanied by sweets as they Mm. often were in the past, as you can't promote sugary snacks to youngsters. Yeah. But um, as with all forms of journalism, I think there, there's rightly been more attention in recent years on being more diverse. Um, And, and, and so there's been a lot of positive changes like that. Um, Also I'd I'd say in kids' magazines, there is a lot less text nowadays than there used to be.
0: And do you think that's indicative of reducing the attention spans or do you just think that's stimulating audiences using different materials?
1: Yeah, maybe maybe stimulating with different materials. Uh, I do think the content is easier to digest when it comes in smaller bite-sized chunks. Yeah, it's So much competing for the attentions of youngsters and indeed adults. So you want to make it easy for them to, to latch onto something
0: and where does the mega brand live you've mentioned the magazine obviously you've got a youtube channel as well is it across other socials and, and are you constantly looking at other audiences have you considered tiktok for example
1: um we have considered tiktok uh, we're not we haven't quite ventured into it yet we are on youtube we are on twitter and we're on pop jam uh, yeah. we yeah, we're always looking around to see what, where we should be because wherever readers are or, or potential readers are, that's that's where we need to be.
0: What defines the mega brand? Do you think? Do you think it's stuff you do do or stuff you don't do? Has there been a brand extension that you've said no to? What's what? Where can where can you say yes? Yeah, that's that's the mega brand in all its all its glory.
1: Um. I think I'd like to think that it's light relief for for youngsters during a time yeah. when they must be confused by what's going on in the world and and where and where they hear all what all they hear is negative news stories. Yeah. Um. And this isn't a shameless plug, so hopefully it doesn't come across like that. But our January issue is a, a funny special with 100 jokes inside because we really wanted to put something out that would put a smile on kids' faces at a time when things like blue monday gets a lot of press and then yeah. um you know january you know post christmas it's dark it's cold we all know that but you know there's nothing to say you can't enjoy january and, and i like i like to think mega is light relief and puts a smile on kids faces that's that's what we're all about really
0: amazing yeah that's a really good point you raised actually in terms of the antithesis to what else might be out there for this audience to consume
1: yeah it must be a very scary time for them I think it's scary for adults as well like everywhere you look there's sort of strikes um oh god war in Europe all sorts of horrible things going on in the world and um people need like relief don't they
0: Definitely. Some of our listeners are going to be interested in the content. Some of our listeners are going to be interested in the brand. Some of our listeners are going to be interested in the business. It's not a subscription model, is it? Um, and, and do you want to bring to life why that is?
1: Yeah, it's, so it's not a subscription model, uh, primarily because uh, Mega comes with, as I say, a gift on every issue. Uh, mm. And that gift tends to be quite bulky. And the problem we have is that posting the issue out, we'd actually lose money because the postal costs would, um, would would hinder us. Um, But, you know, that's not to say that we won't do it in the future. Maybe there's something we, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but it, you know, maybe if gifts get smaller or thinner as we look to be more sustainable, then um, we can look to be, um, jumping on the subscription model,
0: but uh, but at the moment, what that means is it's thirty thousand people at the newsstand every single month. So even without that bedrock of subscription, you're still hitting those relatively high sales figures, right?
1: Yeah, and that's the challenge we face. Um, we we have to catch the eye of of people when they're in the shops, and we know that, and that's exactly what we're we have at the forefront of our mind when we're designing a cover uh we want to stand out we want to be bright and just catch the the eyes of people
0: well um what's no longer in mega has there ever been is there subjects that you've almost said goodbye to have you are there are there subjects that you were touching four or five years ago that is no longer in there is is yeah bring that to life
1: yeah i think I think the changes of brands all the time. Like um, the the Pixar film Cars, for example, uh, now feels like a, an old film. <laughs> it would do to our readers anyway, um, so we wouldn't really mention that in the magazine anymore. Uh, understood And Mister Bean used to get mentioned a lot, but I I don't think he's on the radar anymore. Um, we we just. I think it's a lot of, of brands like that. Uh, Lego Nexo Knights, which has ceased to, to exist. Understood. Uh, things like that, where we just need to move with the times and know what's the current big brand. It might be I mean, YouTube's a, a particular challenge because you know there'll be someone who's big in six months' time that right now we haven't heard of. And yeah. we just need to keep our, our ears to the ground, really, and make sure that as soon as that person's becoming big we're covering them
0: yeah and how how difficult is it to speak like your readers how difficult is it to get inside their vernacular I I say this is in something of a privileged position in that you and I kind of vaguely know each other but I once took my wonderful son to the match of the day editorial team and I think he said something like uh no way that's crazy or or he said something that meant Good, and it was a turn of phrase that they that the editorial team hadn't heard of. That was good. Oh, that was it. That's sick. My son said that's sick, and yeah. they all wanted to know. Ah, that's an, that's something we've not heard before, because they were literally wanting to jump on the latest conversations that at the time seven-year-olds have. How difficult is it to stay current and to use the right words, the right terms of endearment, the right the right compliment? Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, it is difficult, um, but we have to put a lot of research into it um, yeah. to make sure that we are using words and phrases that are readers' words um, so that we don't sound like a school textbook and, and and bore them. You know, we want to be sounding young and, and edgy. You don't want... The last thing we want them to think is that it's being put together by a bunch of middle-aged folk. folk.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so... And, you know, it Match of the Day, we do the same. We do a lot of research together, um, and that research takes various formats. It could be surveys in magazines. Um, sometimes we do video chats with right. um, our readers through something, a competition we run in the magazine. And um, literally as we speak, I've got one of my writers uh, in a school in Warrington doing some – speaking to a class there. Amazing. Doing some research. So will be finding out what brands that, that – they're enjoying at the moment but also keeping an ear out for any new slang terms or phrases that get you is, is being used in school and um yeah, yeah it's it's really helpful that sort of thing
0: how fascinating and what's the piece of work that you're most proud of that Mega's has done or indeed that you've done
1: i think the overall look and feel of mega magazine nowadays is what i'm most proud of uh, as I say, a lot of research has gone into making sure it's just right for, the, for our audience and I think our designers and writers have done a fantastic job of making it an exciting magazine that that looks amazing. It uh, does look
0: amazing. It seems to have a real confidence about it as well at the minute. It seems to be that if you're not if you're a reader and you're not on board with what Meg is saying, it's like you want to be. It, it it really does come across as a as a confident statement, I think.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, I think we are confident, you know, because we do so much research, we we are confident that the things we're covering are popular with our audience. We're, you know, we've shown them pages in the past where, quite frankly, some pages have, have not gone down very well in schools and other schools, you know, they've been roaring with laughter and, you know, showing their mates and all that sort of stuff. So. It's taken, it takes time and, and a lot of hard work, and I think that's why I'm so proud of, of, of the final product now that, that comes out and how bold and confident and exciting it, it comes across as.
0: And what will change next, either about Mega or about children's journalism more, more widely? What do you think is the next big thing
1: to happen? Um, I think people will go to digital more okay um and i don't think that means i don't think that necessarily means they'll go away from magazines i think i I strongly believe in magazines and the paper products still um but i think it just means that we need to be more present on um amazon for example and, and, and places like that where a lot of people tend to spend their money these days um we need to keep moving with the times on that front um it's always hard to predict what the next thing will be Um, maybe people will tighten their belts the longer the energy crisis goes on Um, yeah
0: and then final question in this section if you were to launch a brand new magazine aimed at your target audience now how similar would it look to Mega? Do you think Mega's there? Do you think there are some legacy things with Mega? Or do you think you've shaped it into the best possible thing, best possible read it could be?
1: <laughs> yeah, I it sound gonna sound arrogant, isn't it? But I it's think it would be, I think it would be similar to Mega in, in look and feel. Um I think whatever you were to launch a new magazine on, it would you'd have to be able to hook it onto something really popular with, with staying power. Yeah. Uh, a less obvious point though is that you'd need to be able to make the the toys or gadgets that come with the issue uh relatable yeah. to the content because all kids magazines come with that that gift on the front and, and that's a necessity in kids mags now maybe going back to your previous question maybe that's something that will change yeah more, and more so i mean we're, we're becoming more sustainable the, plastic that we do use is recycled plastic um the packaging is recyclable uh and we've taking huge strides there's still more to do um and i think that's what we'll probably see across the board in the industry a lot a lot of magazines becoming more and more sustainable um which, which, which is the right thing to do
0: and I know it's going to be the last question. Do you are you aware of the competition? Do you do you look at other children's magazines, or do you find that there's only so much <laughs> you can concentrate on your own on your own publication?
1: I do, yeah. I do, I do look at um other titles and I I love magazines. I love looking at what they're doing. Um I can appreciate something they've done. Um I and mean, I can appreciate things that they maybe tried to do that I th- I p- might personally feel hasn't come off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's important to keep an eye on what others are doing around you. Great. Right. As well, because right. uh, you can't always believe that what you are doing is perfect. You know, other you might get little ideas off other people as well. And
0: have you taken inspiration from adult magazines as well? Then, if you're if yeah. you're a fan of magazines, you can point to. Uh... Yeah, ones that you read for your own pleasure and 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 take inspiration from that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I was a big uh, reader of. Um, it's funny actually. We do take inspiration from uh, magazines that are a- aimed at an adult audience, but also um, I used to read Match in the nineties growing yeah. up, and there are some elements of that that are in the current day Mega because right. Myself and some of the other people on the team have such fond memories of that. And we're like, oh, let's bring that back. Nice. Um, Understood. But then, you know, there's lots of things like um I'm just trying to think of an example, but one of our pages in Mega is where we we have we feature pictures of where things have gone wrong for people and we sort of circle bits and and stuff like that. Wow,
0: okay. That's the
1: sort of feature that you might find in 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 uh, some some adult magazines so
0: yeah heat back in the day or something yeah. like yeah yeah
1: definitely yeah. and so yeah i we take inspiration from it as well we take little bits of art ideas and feature ideas it's um i think everyone does that as well we you know we would never copy obviously but you know it's good to use these things for inspiration
0: do you know one of the things, and I'll, I'll give them a plug only because I think it's worth it, one of the things that brings great joy to me is it's a service called Stacked Magazines. And once a month, they send me a different independent magazine. And it's so, so wonderful to get. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really, really good. So um, I will give them a plug. But have a look. Stacked Magazines. And it's, yeah, it's just absolutely great. I will. Magazine
1: yeah, yeah that sounds fantastic and maybe that you know that you know, back to your other question that's maybe that's where magazines are going a little bit as well with you know things like that and readly
0: yeah
1: um, it's making things more accessible to people mm.
0: So section three is where we ask this week's guests for their rocket fuel, some practical, actionable insights, some intel into what their daily job has taught them so that they can share their experiences with us. Let's start at the top. Um, Let's start with this one, Richard. Um, What do you know about young audiences and parent audiences? What's What's the key thing that you know about them?
1: Yeah, I'd say value for money is important to young audiences and parents, um, particularly at, at times like this where, you know, money isn't free flowing in a lot of households, and you yeah, know, if people are going to shell out, they want bang for their buck. Um, yeah, we we know a fair amount of what kids um, want from the research that we do uh, and from a parent point of view, we also, we have many in in the office, people like your good self, James. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, There's also an insight team at immediate media who do lots of surveys with, with parents and we get right. feedback like that. So, so we sort of like to find out what's important for them through that. But I would say the value for money is, is the key thing that whenever we're producing a magazine that needs to hold true
0: what do you think is going to change next in how young audiences behave do you think it's going to be more digital time more social time do you think that we're going to see a backlash what what's going to be next
1: i i think it's going to be more of the same for the time being i think it's going to be what's interesting is that there are video games out there like roblox which is not just a game like youngsters are talking to one another on there it's almost a game but also a way of communicating with your mates and i, I think we might see more of that and you know you can you can now advertise on on roblox and, and yeah. you know i think that you'll see more of that you'll see more of people trying to be in these spaces um in this sort of digiverse um but then i don't i do also think that there will be Screen time might become a a bigger and bigger thing uh, that that parents are wary of, and therefore they'll they'll want to give their kids magazines or or whatever to make sure that they're, they're giving their eyes a break.
0: I think one thing that came out of COVID for me and lockdown was that screen time, whereas before it was an entirely negative turn of phrase, now you can almost have different categories of screen time. So yes, some yes. screen time is actually all right. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I and I think the competition for that acceptable kind of screen time is is something different again.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. It's yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be a thing more and more, isn't it? Like if you're going to be on this on this screen, make sure it's worthwhile.
0: Completely. Completely, and then just while we're summing up, are there any brands or any organisations where you where you look at them and think they've got they're doing that job right of talking to young people, um, or any brands that you think get it dreadfully wrong? You don't have to name and shame. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think Fortnite gets it really right, um, just with their. And I'm sure a lot of people will be alarmed by the the guns and stuff in the video game, but I think what they do right is by not making it gory and not having you know yeah. everywhere and stuff like that. And I think that's why the rating for it is an age um, of twelve. Yeah. Um, and you know the silly aspects to it as well, like the the dances, which yeah, you know, the floss and, and and whatnot, sort of went yeah, viral. Uh So they've got the humour aspects, they've got the excitement aspects, but they haven't gone overboard and made it too grown up with, like, blood and guts and everything going everywhere. I think Fortnite are a very good example. And that's why they're so popular right now. And then just
0: finally, is there one takeaway that you'd uh, want to give everybody that's listening, whether it be something we've spoken about and the, the thing that's resonated with you most, or whether it's something that... My questions haven't allowed for you to say. Is there any one takeaway Mm -hmm. that uh, you'd like your audience to go away with?
1: I would say do whatever research is needed to ensure that your content is perfectly tailored for the audience you intend to hit. Nice. Mm -hmm. I think it's very easy to be sloppy on that front. And it's almost like the hidden work before you start writing, before you start designing, before you start making videos, do the research that, that hidden work in the background will will really pay off
0: nice really nice story if people want to find mega magazine they can go to the website they can find you on youtube uh, where can people find you rich
1: uh, i'm on twitter i'm a, a silent person on twitter uh otherwise on right. linkedin
0: On LinkedIn, lovely. All right, brilliant. Um, Richard, I can't thank you enough for being this week's guest on Rocket Fuel. It's been a really good discussion. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've loved it. Nice one. Cheers, Drake. Cheers, James.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocket Fuel, the last of this series. I really appreciate it if you've listened, really appreciate it if you've recommended this to anybody else. All of the uh, back editions of Rocket Fuel remain there to be consumed. There are some really good ones. Have a listen, and we'll be back with a new series of Rocket Fuel very soon. Thanks for listening.
1: This is Rocket Audio.